It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked On Wolves. Today on the show, we're talking potential Timberwolves trade. A little bit of D'Lo talk again, but also a couple of potential trade targets the Wolves could look at around the league. Borderline all-stars, borderline stars in exchange for possibly Malik Beasley, some picks. Who are some players the Timberwolves could target that would immediately upgrade their roster and allow them to compete for a playoff spot, a, a better playoff spot than this year even, in the rough and tumble Western Conference. It's all coming up on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked On Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. And uh, we're really ramping up the draft talk here on the show next week. Today, though, I want to talk about some existing NBA players the Timberwolves could target. Borderline stars, borderline all-stars, really, that could make the Timberwolves a much better team this year. First, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. From Apple to Google, Spotify to Odyssey, you can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. Um, so we're actually in the midst of our Lockdown NBA mock draft right now. We're going around as a group of hosts and we're picking our selections. We're almost to pick 19. I like where we're sitting. I think there's a couple of guys that I'm really interested in from a a wing perspective that should be on the board at 19. So more on that here in the coming weeks. Um, And as we talked a little mock draft on Thursday on the show here, um, there's a handful of guys that should be available that should fit what the Wolves are looking for in terms of best player available, but players that could also fill some of the traits the Timberwolves need, right? Uh, more more perimeter defense, toughness, rebounding, um, hopefully the ability to initiate some offense or or if it's a big, somebody who can help defend in the perimeter and still be a versatile, switchable defender in the pick and roll. I like 19 for that in this draft. We're going to talk a lot more about that here um, in the coming weeks, of course. And eventually, I'm actually probably next week going to start my big board and we'll kind of cruise through the top of the board because unless the Wolves shock everybody and trade way up, the top 10, this is a Timberwolves podcast, top 10 isn't all that relevant, but I want to cruise through my top 10 and they get into the teens, which is where I think the wolves could trade up slightly, or, you know, obviously anybody could fall from, from, especially it's my big board anywhere around 10, 11, all the way to 19. So I want to do my big board next week. Uh, we'll probably stretch it out over a few days. Um, so stay tuned for that. As we talk about any additional draft rumors that crop up, I want to talk a little bit of trade today. We've done a lot of D'Angelo Russell talk lately. I want to clean a couple things up and talk a little bit about him off the top, but then I want to talk about a couple of, of pretty big names, uh, in the Eastern conference that I think the Timberwolves could have a shot at going after and, um, actually make sense in terms of trade partners, uh, the, the, the organizations that those two players are currently a part of. So we'll do that next. First, a quick D'Lo note. Um, I, I I messed up when I was talking about D'Lo and the Knicks, and I I, um, I I don't know that it 
completely changes my thinking. Um, but I somehow misread the, uh, the chart that I was looking at and the, uh, I got an email from, from DR. I appreciate the email DR that the Knicks, uh, a couple of players that I was talking about as added salary for the year after this one are actually team options. So they're functionally the same as Malik Beasley's contract for the Timberwolves. So if the Wolves are to trade D'Angelo Russell to the Knicks and take back, say, Nerlens Noel, Derek Rose, guys that I don't think are that attractive for the Wolves, again, in a vacuum, Nerlens Noel is fine, but injury issues, et cetera, I don't, you know, I'm not too excited. Derek Rose is the bigger one. Both those guys are team options for the year after next. So, uh, well, I don't know that I would just simply do it because I like Alec Burks. I mean, you could trade D'Angelo Russell to the Knicks and get Burks and get Noel, get Rose, the salaries match. But are you excited about anything besides Alec Burks? And then are you just dumping the salary anyway? Um, for the other two guys, I guess if if you're hell-bent at trading D'Angelo Russell, that still could be attractive because then you're getting back a player who actually fits the roster better in Alec Burks. And you're still keeping close to half that cap space if you drop Noel, or I guess about half of it, if you drop Noel and Rose after this coming season. Uh, again, all three would be under contract for this year, but then the team options for the following year. So I guess the flip side of that is that then you still have Derek Rose and Nerlens Noel this season, which isn't the worst thing in the world. I just, I think Derek Rose isn't the best fit for the Wolves on the perimeter because he is a higher usage guy and, and not better at defense than D'Angelo Russell. Um, at the same time, uh, I mean, he would, he does, as we talked about the other day, he puts pressure on the rim. There's some things he does that D'Lo doesn't do, but um, I just think there's better options out there for D'Angelo Russell. That said, so, so I, I should say, I, I misrepresented that and, and that was my fault. I don't know that it changes my opinion on the Knicks as a destination. It makes them slightly more attractive, but I just don't think that Tim Connolly and Sachin Gupta and crew are going to say, oh yeah, give us Derek Rose, Nolan Samoa, and Alec Burks straight up for D'Angelo Russell. And then, you know, we get half the cap space back. We still don't probably quite have max cap space, even with the Beverly expiring. I guess it would be close in the summer of 23 at that point. So is Alec Burks really worth that trouble or do we just see if we can find something different? I still think they look for a different trade partner. Along those lines though, it's tough out there. If you're looking for a team that's going to be ready and willing to trade for D'Angelo Russell, that makes sense, right? Most of the playoff teams are pretty set at the point guard spot or even we could just say in the backcourt because D'Lo's not really a pure point guard, but it's tough to find a team that for sure would would have that need, right? I mean, the Sixers were a destination when they still had Ben Simmons. Obviously, you're not going to play James Harden and D'Angelo Russell together for a lot of reasons. Um, so that doesn't make sense. You know, clearly we're not talking about, I, I don't think any of the teams that were in the conference finals are necessarily a fit. Um, you go on down the line, and I, I'd said on a previous show that I, I feel like the teams that are the best fit for D'Angelo Russell are kind of fringe playoff teams looking to make a leap or bad teams looking to make a leap into relevancy because D'Lo is generally a good player. How does he has a very specific fit if you're looking at a team that genuinely wants to 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 win, like win seriously. Remember, I've I've said all along the Wolves can win again this year with D'Lo. He's a good player. But can they take that next step with D'Lo and is now the best time to trade him and get something for him when he's got one year left at his max deal? I think the answer is yes. But again, as of another thing I've said all along, I think it's tough to find the perfect match. I mean, you look at the fringe playoff teams, obviously Atlanta has Trey Young. doesn't make a lot of sense. The Cavs have young guards. Charlotte has the mellow ball, among others. Um, the Knicks we've talked about as a possibility. I talked about the Wizards extensively as, a, as an intriguing option in my mind on Thursday's show. Um, so the Wizards could be an option. The Pacers, you would have said, were a great option before the Tyrese Halliburton deal. And now I just don't know that the Pacers really make as much sense. Um, they've got Halliburton. They've still got Brogdon. Um, I mean, 
I'm sure that the Pacers, well, yeah, I don't even know that they would really entertain that. I just don't think that makes much sense. The Pistons, I mean, maybe because I think D'Lo fits with Kate Cunningham, but you've got Killian Hayes, who is a much younger, raw version of a lot of what D'Lo does. There's a lot of similarities there. Um, so that's probably not a possibility. I don't see the Magic as a great possibility. I just, uh, I, I don't know that they have the players and contracts that would make this super attractive. And I don't know that he moves the needle for them in the way that they would want him to. I do want to talk about, I guess I'm spoiling one of my next segments here, but the Magic could be an intriguing trade partner for the Wolves. I just don't think it's for D'Angelo Russell because I'm not sure that they have enough contracts you could lump together that would be attractive to the Timberwolves unless they really want Wendell Carter Jr., which I don't think they do. I don't love the fit next to Towns and you're not trading Towns. So uh, you're not going to do that deal. Jalen Suggs, not attractive to the Wolves at this point. Um, it, there's a couple guys on that roster I want to talk about, but I don't think D'Lo is necessarily a fit with Orlando um, either. Um, again, top of the Western Conference, not a lot of potential trade matches there. The Mavericks are an outside possibility depending on what happens with Jalen Brunson, but that would be, I think, a weird deal. Um, the Clippers I talked about as I like them as a trade partner. I don't know that the Clippers would be too excited to add D'Lo to Kawhi and Paul George, but maybe, um, the Pelicans have CJ McCollum. Now the Spurs have Dewante Murray, uh, the Lakers, I'm sure they're going to call the Timberwolves and say, Hey, do you want Russ? The Timberwolves don't want Russ. Nope. Nobody wants Russ. So I, I like, I don't see the Lakers as a, as a trade partner. They're going to try. And there's going to be plenty of D'Lo to the Lakers rumors, especially given his history there. Uh, and you know, I actually think he fits that roster decently. Well, I just don't know, or I guess what's on that roster currently. It's, I never really know what's going on with the Lakers. Uh, but you go to all the rest of the, the Western conference, the Blazers, obviously Damian Lillard, the Thunder, uh, maybe, I guess, I, I just don't know, you know, again, from a salary perspective, what you're taking back, I, I think he would fit with Josh Giddy, but they don't really want to take the ball out of his hands when you've also got SGA there. Uh, I mean, they they let Pukasevsky initiate a fair amount last year. I just don't know that the Thunder are going to say, yeah, do this. You know, we want D'Lo now, um, unless they think they could get him and flip him at the deadline for something. But I just don't see that as realistic. The Rockets may try as well, but I wouldn't be interested in Eric. Like Christian Wood's great, but I don't want Eric Gordon on the Timberwolves. Um, they're not going to trade Jalen Green. Uh, they're not going to trade, obviously, Kevin Porter Jr. Like, uh, you know, I just don't know that there's anything attractive there from a Rockets perspective that, uh, that you would get too excited about. Um, so I, I just think it's tough. There's like maybe five teams that make sense, uh, for the Timberwolves, um, to, to potentially trade D'Angelo Russell to. Um, and I think Washington and the Clippers are perhaps the two most attractive. The Knicks are on that list. The Lakers, I guess, will be on the list in terms of, uh, teams that will be interested. Um, so, it's certainly less than 10 teams that the Wolves could legitimately call and have a conversation with about D'Lo. But we're going to keep an eye on that, of course. Next, there's a two players that I want to talk about in the Eastern Conference. I tip my hand. One's on the Magic. I'll just say it. The other's on the Raptors um, that I want to cover as potential trade part, trade targets for the Timberwolves this offseason. So we're going to do that here next. First, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. We've been asking, and Built has delivered. Built Granola Bars are here. Bill Canola Bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mix box at Built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the Built Puffs. Bill Canola Bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With just 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, 
Built Granola Bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack in your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to built.com right now to get the built granola bars, three delicious flavors to try chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. You got to get yours today. Go to built.com to get built granola bars now. That's built.com promo code locked15 to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. I do have an important favor to ask of you, the listener. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown Podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown Podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. And everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Again, LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you in advance for your help. All right, uh, let's talk actual NBA trade targets for the Wolves. Not necessarily this, you know, who wants D'Angelo Russell, can the Wolves trade D'Lo? Let's talk actual players on NBA rosters now that the Timberwolves could target as upgrades to to uh, a very good roster, but in a Western Conference that's getting better with you know relative health for the Pelicans, relative health for the Clippers. Um, you know, Damian Lillard's going to get healthy. The Spurs are going to get better. Like, you can't point to any team except for the Kings and the Rockets and and maybe the Thunder still as teams that for sure are going to be the bottom three in the West. Everybody else is going to be in the conversation for playoff spots in the Western Conference. And the Timberwolves have to continue looking ahead. And trading Delo is not the only way that they can get this, make this roster better this year. Um, I want to hat tip to Bleacher Report for a couple of these trade ideas. Um, there's an article uh, by, I believe it's Dan Favalli. Yeah, Dan Favalli at Bleacher Report who did a trade for every team that's not in the finals. And so I think it ends up only being like 13 or I guess 14 trades uh, because it counted as a trade for both these teams. But his idea is the Timberwolves landing Jonathan Isaac, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Uh, Of course, from the Orlando Magic, Isaac has not played since the NBA bubble, since he tore the ACL and the meniscus and he had a hamstring while he was rehabbing last year. The Magic made the decision around the, I think the beginning of March to shut him down for the season. So he hasn't played in, in since the bubble, which, uh, Somehow it feels like more than two years ago, but it hasn't quite been two years since he actually had the injury, the initial injury. Um, but Jonathan Isaac, if you created a fit in a lab for the Timberwolves and for Carl Anthony Towns, Jonathan Isaac is it. Um, so again, talking about Isaac before the injury, the leap he made in year three in the league was phenomenal. And he showed flashes of that in year two. 
um, and played a little bit less due to injury during year three. But when he became a full-time starter in year two, and then eventually year three, the three-point shot continued to improve. He already was a phenomenal defender. Um, and he was able to do just enough uh, on the glass and um, with the ball in his hands. He was never obviously like a facilitator, but he looked more comfortable and was a higher usage guy, was like somebody that the Magic actually looked to to score. Um, and he wasn't simply that defensive guy that he was as a rookie, for instance, when he was 20 way back in the 17, 18 season, he could do multiple things with the ball in his hand as well, and, but he doesn't have to be a high usage guy. So he, he really is, um, it is the perfect fit next to Towns. I mean, he's not a three point shooter necessarily, but he can stretch the floor. He, he shot what 34% on just under three attempts per game in the bubble season, the 1920 season. And of course came on strong, uh, late in that year for a magic team that surprised people. And of course, kind of bottomed out the last couple of years again, but was very good in 1920 and, and made it to the bubble in 1920, um, which nobody was really expecting. And Jonathan Isaac was a huge part of that. Now he replicates some of what Jared Vanderbilt does defensively. So maybe Vando is part of the trade package to get him. Um, but he does a lot more offensively than Jared Vanderbilt. The proposed trade by Dan Favali at Bleacher Report is Malik Beasley, this year's pick, the Timberwolves number 19 pick in this year's draft, and then a lottery protected pick next year for Jonathan Isaac. I actually don't think that's enough for the Magic. They just extended him, you know, mid-injury to this four-year deal, which is reasonable. Uh, if he plays like he did in the bubble or just, you know, even that whole season, it's pretty much a steal. I mean, his contract is what, four years and uh, like 40 million or something like that, or I guess a little bit more than that. Four years and like 65 million, 70 million, uh, four years, 70 million. There it is. Four years and 70 million. So 17.4 million each of the next four seasons. It kicks in or just kicked in this past season. So he's got three years left on the deal at 17.4 per season. 17.4 for Jonathan Isaac is an absolute steal. Um, and if the Wolves could trade one and a team option of Malik Beasley and a couple of picks for him, I, I think you do it. This trade to me looks completely reasonable. Um, it's obviously a gamble. You haven't seen this guy on the floor in almost two years. We don't know. Uh, we don't know exactly. I mean, how he's going to bounce back, right? I mean, he hasn't played in game action. It could be the end of next season before he, or even the following year before he retains that same, regains that same form. But uh, as Favali points out in his article, you got to take a swing if you're on the fringes of the playoffs in the Western Conference. And Isaac could be the perfect third star a lower usage guy whose who's best trade is defense, but can do multiple things offensively between Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. And then you find your low usage point guard, uh, whether that be, you know, a, a Jordan McLaughlin-esque player. He's not the starter. He's not the solution moving forward, but somebody who can do that, you know, like a, like a Tyus Jones, for instance, who of course will be a free agent and somebody the Wolves could look at. That type of a player, Patrick Beverly, somewhat fits that mold. Uh, somebody, A point guard who can initiate, doesn't need the ball in their hands all that often, can knock down an open three, can play defense on the perimeter. You've got a plus defensive point guard. You've got Jonathan Isaac, and you have a couple of guys that can play defense well if they're supported by great defenders in Carl Anthony Towns and uh, in Anthony Edwards. Jaden McDaniels is your three. That's a lot of length and defensive prowess in your lineup, um, if Jonathan Isaac returns to form, anything close to returning to form. And by the way, we're not talking about somebody who's 29 years old. I mean, he's going to be, what, 25 this year. He turns 25 at the start of October. So not yet in his prime. Even if he doesn't hit his prime till the following year, you've got, or even if he doesn't come all the way back from the ACL till the following year, you've still got two years left on the deal and he's only 26. So it's tough because you don't want to waste the season. But at worst, he's going to be a solid defender. He's, he's obviously a, 
understands defense, is a solid, uh, is a good athlete, has great length. And there's a lot of upside to that sort of a deal. Orlando could consider it because if they're essentially rebuilding the rebuild, um, they've extended Wendell Carter Jr. I mean, maybe you see what you could get with Isaac. You build along with Carter um, and you get these additional picks. This is a pretty deep draft. They've obviously got Jalen Suggs. Perhaps the Magic entertain this. Um, if I'm Orlando, I keep Isaac and I because I, I like the fit with him and Wendell Carter Jr. But I mean, they may be open to the conversation, especially if they can get back somebody like Beasley who could help them win a few more games this year and also have trade value, by the way, at the deadline for them to flip him with his team option for the following season and a couple of picks. That's a real possibility for Orlando. From the Wolves' perspective, I think it's fantastic, um, and I would absolutely explore it. One more trade possibility to consider. This is a player from the Toronto Raptors. I want to do that here next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, the Timberwolves, if they're looking to improve their roster, they're still looking for, you know, Jonathan Isaac fits the bill for one of the things they're looking for, which is front court defense, rebounding, um, low usage quote unquote stars, guys that could fit with Ant and Cat that don't need the ball in their hands all the time to be successful, which is one of the reasons why D'Angelo Russell is not an ideal, perfect fit moving forward. An example of somebody who is a little bit, certainly more high uses than Jonathan Isaac, but fits the defensive bill and, and would give you another threat on the perimeter is OG Ananobi with the Toronto Raptors. This is another suggestion from Bleacher Report. This is Andy Bailey. It's actually in an article looking for spots for OG Ananobi. And it's interesting, the way he puts this, he puts this deal together um, is that Bailey puts this together is that the Raptors would be getting Nas Reed because Toronto needs a starting center. And which was another Bleacher Report report from Jake Fisher a while back saying that Toronto is known to cover a starting center. It makes sense. Uh, not groundbreaking necessarily. But depending on what teams think of Nas Reed, he's still an absolute bargain for another year, has not yet to be extended. And the Timberwolves could trade him and obviously some salary plus a pick for OG Ananobi, who recently up uh, re-upped his deal as well. He signed an extension after the 2020 season or in the winter of 2020, I guess. That was a four-year, $72 million extension. So similar timing to the Isaac extension, basically the same deal, a couple million more. And I guess it escalates a little bit differently. And the final year is actually a uh, an option. So the Wolves would get two, possibly three years. It's a player option. So you get two years of Ananobi for trading, call it Nas Reed in a pick. And and let's see, Andy Bailey says Malik Beasley to make the money match, which I guess is is almost a must at that point. I mean, you're not going to trade Patrick Beverly. Um, and that's pretty much your option, right? I mean, you're obviously not trading, you're not trading Anthony Edwards. So like if you're doing that deal, you got to almost, it has to be Malik Beasley. And I think Beasley somewhat fits the Raptors if they can get him to compete a little bit defensively, which he did more of this year. Then, you know, I like this deal also from the Wolves' perspective. You can get two, two possibly three years of OG and Anobi for Beasley, who they're trying to likely trade or or are open to trade in anyway. Nas Reed, who's a great player, great player for his contract, and the number nineteen pick this year. I mean, you, you do that. You trade a little bit of depth. You know, 
both guys who Beasley needs to be a starter to be fully effective. And I've said that for a year now. I, I've thought all along, he's not a great bench player. He's got to be a guy in a starting lineup that can get into the rhythm of the game, that can have others essentially create his shot, shot opportunities. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense for Beasley, but he's not the perfect fit with the Wolves. And Nas Reed's good, but you could find a backup center. You're talking about a guy who's only going to have to play 14, 15 minutes a game behind Cat. You obviously want someone that can replica, replicate some of what Towns does without a huge drop-off from starter to bench, given the amount of foul trouble Towns is in. But Nas is going to get paid after this year anyway. So if you can get out of that a year early, maybe find a veteran center, maybe find a second run big you're comfortable with to play at the five behind Towns, this is essentially cashing in. It's almost similar to what Tim Connolly did in Denver when he traded some guys, when he traded Beasley away the first time, when he traded Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Those were guys who were rotation caliber players at the time for a playoff team, but the Nuggets just simply had too much depth. And they said, hey, we're going to we're gonna deal these guys to try and, and give ourselves some additional assets. Now, in this case, the Wolves would actually be giving themselves a starter. You'd be trading two bench players in Beasley and Reed for a starter in OG and Obi. And, uh, you know, obviously attach the pick. I actually think the Wolves would have to attach another pick. I don't think this is enough for OG, similar to, I don't know that the Magic would jump at the Isaac deal. I think OG Ananobi commands more. Uh, from a fit perspective, he's awesome as a perimeter defender, and that's what the Wolves need. He showed more as a scorer this year. The three-point shooting's good. I mean, for his career, 37% from deep. He was almost 40% the year prior to this one, 39.8%. Took a dip to 36% this year. But uh, he also saw his usage rate grow and usage rate grow. And, you know, there were other possessions, there were other players there to use possessions and reportedly he wasn't happy about that. I mean, you look at obviously Scotty Barnes having an incredible rookie season. Guys got like, you got guys like Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. So there's only so much ball to go around in Toronto and OG actually fits the Wolves offensively because he can be that spot up three guy. He doesn't get to the line a ton. Um, so you're not asking him to create offensively. You're asking him to hit open threes, to knock down open threes, to do some stuff in the open floor, which is essentially what they asked Malik Beasley to do. But OG Ananobi, you could slide into the starting lineup um, and start him with Anthony Edwards and continue bringing Jaden McDaniels off the bench. You have to shuffle, obviously. But if you're trading D'Lo in another deal, then that that's a real possibility. Um, so the rotation would obviously be shuffled in Minnesota a little bit. But I like the OG Ananobi fit from the, from the switchability perspective, from what he's able to do on the perimeter perspective. Um, I, you know, I, I think that I think that OG is a fantastic fit for Minnesota, and that's a move that I would 100% consider if I were the Timberwolves. Um, from a Raptors perspective, again, I I just don't know that Nas is really the guy. If you, I I think he's someone who, when he's had to start for Minnesota, can be overextended. He has the the one off great offensive game. We know he's streaky and can can shoot threes really well from the corners and not great above the break. I just don't know that Nas if. If given a starting role, if overextended, I don't think he's good enough defensively. I don't think he's consistent enough offensively. That would concern me from a starting center perspective. For that reason, I don't think the Raptors do this. But I want to float it because it's a real possibility given what they're looking for. And if Ananobi genuinely wants a change of scenery, the Timberwolves would be a fantastic fit for him to slot him in next to Anthony Edwards. The Timberwolves would, again, similar to the Isaac deal in, in a different way, but they would just be adding length, athleticism, youth that fits the window right in between Edwards and Towns, a player, both Isaac and Ananobi, you know, between Ant and Towns in terms of their development um, with two to three years left on their contract, the ability to extend them in a couple of years. If you look at the cap down the road, I think both are really intriguing trade targets. Um, and I don't think D'Angelo Russell makes a lot of, certainly not for the Raptors. I don't know that you'd be able to get the magic to take D'Lo and you'd have to take back more salary. But Malik Beasley and some picks, that's the formula that I've been saying all along since the day the the 
the Timberwolves season ended, I said I thought Beasley was far more likely to be traded than D'Angelo Russell simply because the contract is more tradable. He's he's going to have higher trade value in general. You attach the picks to him, um, and that's a more palatable deal for Minnesota than just simply giving away D'Angelo Russell. Both, I mean, if they're the two most likely Timberwolves players to be traded, right? Um, I still think Beasley's more likely to be moved, and the Wolves could get back more for him and there's more fits. Beasley fits almost any roster. You can make Malik Beasley fit as long as you can give him enough minutes. Um, you can't say that about D'Angelo Russell. And that's why I think Malik is the more likely of the two to be traded. All right. That's all we have for you today on the show. Next week, we're going to talk a ton of draft. The big board, I'm going to roll up my big board next week. What I think the Wolves might do at 19. Not too long from now, we'll have the Lockdown NBA mock draft uh, to pass along as well. Um, so that's all upcoming here in the coming weeks. We're just, what, like three weeks away, uh, just under three weeks, I think, away from the draft. So it's coming quick. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and Odyssey. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Also, a reminder to listen to the Lockdown NBA Big Board. It's the perfect time of year to listen to the Big Board Show. Um, you can make them your second listen every day. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.